Welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries podcast. Each week, we'll bring you inspiring homilies and powerful stories from real Catholics, all about the truth, goodness, and beauty of Christ and His Church. If you're interested in supporting the work that we're doing, you can visit drybonespgh.org or follow us on social media at drybonespgh. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you are reminded of how much the Lord loves you and that you hear His invitation for you to come to life. Happy Feast of Pope St. John Paul II, a great saint, a great hero of mine. It's a joy to be able to be with you and to celebrate this incredible saint. I don't know about you, but I, I like this Jesus in our gospel today. I've come to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already blazing. Do you think I've come to establish peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. I hear that zeal. I hear that passion coming from our Savior, and it resonates with my own heart that longs to be zealous for that same kingdom. And it seems to make sense. God is truth. And just as the light came into the world and many rejected that light because they loved darkness rather than the light, that will cause division even in one's own family. Let the dead bury the dead, says Jesus. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. This is the God who is a consuming fire, says the letter to the Hebrews, and whose zeal for souls is so great that not even a crazy person flipping over tables in the temple and driving out the animals with a whip is unreasonable for it to be brought about. He wasn't going into the temple to make friends. He was going into the temple to be faithful to his heavenly Father and call all of those around him to true worship. Can you see Jesus living out that desire to set the world on fire? Will you be consumed and transformed by it? Or will you run away from it? Either way, Jesus is not compromising on who he is or what his mission is, and that will necessarily cause division. I like this Jesus. But Jesus is complicated. I literally like the other Jesus in the Gospels too. Have you heard about the Jesus who ate and drank with tax collectors and prostitutes? I love this Jesus who wasn't afraid to go out to those people who were living in sin and he talked with them. He built a relationship with them. How about the centurion whose slave is ill and when he asked Jesus to come and help, Jesus doesn't ask for a donation. You don't have to sign up for envelopes first. He just sees the faith of the centurion and he goes and he heals his slave. Luke chapter 7. Remember the feeding of the 5,000? He fed everyone, male, female, child, Jew, Gentile, etc. And they all ate and were satisfied. I like this Jesus. He's savvy. Instead of being arrested in these different moments, think of last gospel for tax evasion or insurrection, he's able to flip it around and turn it on them and say, pay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. Jesus is complicated. And following him is not easy. And this gospel has brought me to think and pray about some really difficult and personal things when it comes to my desire to be uncompromising with the truths of the faith, with my relationship with the Lord, and at the same time, my desire to bring as many people to the Lord as possible. Pre-COVID, I was going to get my hair cut. And I sat down and this woman next to me said, you're a Catholic priest. You guessed it. 
And she said, well, I'm not Catholic. I'm Christian. Okay. <laughs> I'm Christian. And she said, I love Jesus. I love following him. He brings so much joy to my life. And, but I also really like the Buddhist faith too. I was like, mm-hmm. And so she told me about how she doesn't see a difference between Jesus and who he is and this Buddhist revelation and ability to meditate and contemplate and all these things. And before I was about to muster a response, Adam, you ready? Like, oh. And I went off, right? And I was just wondering, like, even in that, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like those little affirmations, even just like the head nod that I gave her, like, did I just affirm a really weird interreligious dialogue? <laughs> Thinking about uh, some of the funerals that I get to prepare, some of the beautiful families that will tell me all about their loved ones, and especially this one that had a grandma that was a saint. Father, she's a saint. I tell you, she's a saint. She never sinned. She never cursed. She never did anything wrong. She's in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, and I don't want to say, like, you're... here's the thing, like, going into this funeral, is like, did I just canonize their grandma? <laughs> Not saying that she's a bad person or anything, right? But here's the thing, it's the struggle. And it goes the other way too. Instead of maybe not saying enough, maybe saying too much. I've had friends getting married. Where I was so strong in making sure I, they knew because they were Catholic and they weren't getting married in the church, I couldn't go. And I lost that friendship. I, listen, I, I know you have these situations too. Maybe not the haircut. <laughs> Whether it's friends or family issues, like your children not going to church at all. At least they're happy, I hear some people say. I'm not sure what that means. How about your children or, I don't know, nieces, nephews, cousins, friends, leaving the church and going to a Protestant church? It's the same Jesus, I hear. But you left the Eucharist. That Jesus said, if you don't eat, you will not have life within you. About people living in adulterous unions, same-sex relationships. At least they're happy. Right? We start to like fall into this tension of we don't want to lose the relationship, and yet we don't want to compromise with the truth either. These are really difficult situations, and what's even more difficult is the fact that in our fallen and messy world, oftentimes there's not a clear black and white application. What the church gives are principles, these eternal truths. And in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, we're called to navigate with trust. As Hebrews says, persevering and running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. So what about Pope Francis? It's a loaded question to ask in the last two days. In a pre-release, highly edited video, we have a Pope that says we should love those with same-sex attraction and that they have a right to be a part of the family. And edited in there, too, were his thoughts on civil unions for same-sex couples, opposed to being confused with same-sex marriage. All right, there's a lot to be said there. And a lot already has been said already on blogs, these initial, immediate reactions. And I can't say everything, because I think there's still a lot to be seen. But let's affirm a couple things, because I just think this is really important to speak on. First of all, the Pope can err. I'm not just making this up. We see this in the Gospels. (laughs) Go to Matthew chapter 16, where even our first Pope, Peter, who was given the keys to the kingdom, he's the rock on which he will build his church, all of a sudden Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Notice, notice, 
Peter fell into error, real error. But Jesus didn't take back the keys. <laughs> and he didn't say, okay, I'll take those back now. I'll find someone else. He still has the keys. But what he does is beautiful. He says, get behind me. You need to reorient yourself behind me so that you can be the true leader, father that the world needs. That we should love everyone, even to the peripheries, says Pope Francis. Absolutely. That's what Jesus did. What about proposing a different vision for the family or a pseudo-equivalence between marriages and civil unions? Nothing in what Pope Francis has said in his entire ordained life has led me to believe that he believes sexual activity between people of the same sex is moral. He just hasn't said that. However, promoting an idea that would even implicitly condone these relationships is really hard to hear as faithful. I speak about myself, too. Not because we want to shame people in their sin, to throw them out of the family, make them feel miserable because of it. No, I think it's because we want a father who isn't afraid to speak the truth in love. I think it's because as children, we want to be called to the greatness to which we were made. I think it's because we want to hear a voice like Pope John Paul II, who went into the home country of Poland that was being oppressed by communism, and he spoke to all of the crowds and he says, you are not who they say you are. Let me remind you who you are. What did that mean in that context then in Poland and communism, right? What did communists do? It tried to rip the soul out and say that you're just a soulless body made only for this world, that you're a cog in a machine. And John Paul II says, no, you're more than what you can produce in your work. And how about to the people today? John Paul II were here for him to say, you are not your desires. You're not a slave to your desires, but with God's grace and mercy, you can come to master them. Right? It's our first reading. Now to him who is able to accomplish far more than we ask or imagine by the power at work within us. This is the reality to trust with supernatural faith that the grace of God within us can overcome even the greatest of hurdles, greatest of obstacles, greatest of crosses. St. Teresa Benedicta of the cross said, do not accept anything as truth if it lacks love. But she also said, do not accept anything as love which lacks truth. It's not pastoral to withhold truth. I think of so many people who I have come, in, come to know who have their struggles. Yes, with orientation, desires, real crosses. And to see their heroic virtue, their self-sacrifice in love, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. What did Pope John Paul II do? He said, to the children, we need to hold up to them the fullness of Christ's teaching as it is known, accepted and proclaimed by the Catholic Church. The full truth. We must help them to become witnesses who are able to testify to the hope that is within them so they can play their full role in Christ, in the church's mission for the salvation of the world. The salvation of the world, right? Seeing the call within each and every one of us. It's what St. Catherine of Siena said. Be who God created you to be, and you'll set the world on fire. The fullness of who God created you to be, right? Not to be okay with compromises on morality, but to affirm that I see within you a great saint, 
I see within your heart an incredible capacity to love. I see within you someone who's needed in this world and in this church. Father Mike Schmitz once said, I can't wait to have the first canonized saint who struggled with same-sex attraction. Friends, that will be a glorious day. That will be a glorious day, and that will be a great witness to the whole world, this beautiful reality of what it means to love the Lord, to seek Him with all of our hearts, and to not to allow our desires, our temptations, or any other orientation to define us. So let's heed the words of John Paul II. Be not afraid. Be not afraid of the confusion in our world or in our church right now. Not to fear the sacrifices that we're called to. Think about this beautiful image of the cross here. See Mary. See John the Beloved. And I just see Mary Magdalene on her knees before the cross on Calvary. And you see this incredible witness of a sinner who's been redeemed by God, heard the voice of the Father say to her, get up. Your sins don't define you. You're not the sum of your greatest weaknesses or failures. You're the sum of the Father's love for you. As John Paul II was one to say, there she is at the foot of the cross, finding in her Savior incredible mercy and healing. And it might not take away the cross, but it brings to the fullness of redemption who God created her to be. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.